Welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by my daughter who partook in our very first deer hunt. She sits down with me to talk about her experience being a first time hunter. All right, welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. Thank you as always for listening. So yeah, so this episode, as the intro kind of explained, I have my daughter who sits down with me and we talk about her process and what we did to get her ready for her very first deer hunt. Now I'm going to go ahead and give it away. She did end up harvesting a buck, uh, but you know, basically this whole episode is talking about just how she decided going from uh, never wanting to be really a deer hunter or never, you know, wanting to deer hunt or had any interest in deer hunting to basically the whole process of what led up to her wanting to change her mind in that regard and then also what we did to get her ready uh, for the 2023 uh, youth season essentially so uh, but before we get into that i do have a really uh, exciting announcement that when you hear when you listen to this episode when this episode gets released on sunday is that the mi hunting podcast website will be up and running so do check that out is at mihuntingpodcast.com again that's basically going to be a collection of all all the content uh, from the show so all the audio uh, podcasts as well as all the videos as well as a member section i do encourage you to sign up for that basically it's a five dollar membership you support the show as well as you get some additional benefits and discounts as well as you get exclusive content uh, basically what we're doing is going to do a once a month live show so i'm going to gather up a few of my friends and we're just going to sit around you know have some drinks and talk deer hunting and just kind of bs about uh you know how the month's gone in regards to this hunt season and what we're doing and what we're doing out in the outdoor world essentially so so i highly encourage you to sign up for that as well as you get a free gift as well so some of the features on the website are still uh, under construction, uh, but I did want to get that out. Again, check out the store. It has some logo wear. I greatly appreciate anyone that decides that they want to purchase clothing. I was very picky in regards to the type of clothing that was available. It took me quite a while to make sure I got the exact uh, you know, garments that I wanted. Well, we, the main things we have available, of course, are the MI hunting uh, patch hats comes in three different colors and then i also have available uh basically we've got a t-shirt a long sleeve shirt and a uh, mid-weight hoodie um you know that hoodie is a mid-weight so it's not too heavy it's not a light hoodie check those out in the store and again if you become a member you get an exclusive discount uh, on all those items for the life of your membership as well so definitely check that out and i'm not going to hold you up any longer from the actual episode you know basically again we're starting out from start to finish as to her deciding that she wanted to hunt all the steps we took to get her to the point of the hunt as well as explaining the events of the hunt itself so i hope you enjoy all right what if i just ask you a question like you know about your first time uh having canned venison it was good. Yeah? Yeah. And so what was one of the one things that you told me 
to do because you loved canned venison so much? Do you remember? No. You don't remember? No. I'm do sorry. I, am I really going to have to tell this part of the story for you? What did I say? All right. So you said that you enjoyed the canned venison so much that I'd have to get more deer so I could make more for you. I did? Yeah. <laughs> and from there, I responded back to you that, no, if you want more canned venison, you need to get your own deer. And I replied with, okay. Yeah. Like, a surprisingly, like, enthusiastic okay. Because how many years have I been asking you if you want to go out hunting? Um, I don't know. You don't know? Nope. Well, pretty much ever since you've been old enough to be able to hunt. How was that? <laughs> well, basically, I started asking you, like, when you were, like, 10. Oh. Because remember we tried doing the old uh, turkey hunting bit. And Tegan freaked me out. And Tegan freaked out because when she was uh, shooting the 20 gauge, she surprised herself and it scared her. And I thought something bad happened with the gun, so that freaked me out using the gun. Right. Which that was part of the big thing that I didn't think that you would ever really want to try hunting because... You are a bit of a nervous kid in regards to trying things that are outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So we won't. I mean, we had an issue trying to get you to go down water slides. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that no mm-hmm. big deal. They're not that scary. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And then the roller coasters as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, some I do not want to go on. Well, again, I mean, yeah, they're scary and all, but again, just like any other time, once you go through it, you realize that you have nothing to worry about. Anything as big as the Gemini or bigger, I'm not going on it. No? No. Not even going to try it? No, the Gemini ruined it. The Gemini (laughs) ruined it? (laughs) You Uh, say when you go down it, it gets better. With the Gemini, it just was worse. It gets worse? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah, so I was... You know, anticipating that you just had no interest in, you know, trying to shoot a gun again. That, and even when you were little, you basically were saying that deer were far too cute for you to ever try to kill one. Even though you love eating venison. I found cuter things. (laughs) You found cuter things? Yeah, like toast. Your cat? Yeah, he's cute. So, I'm okay. So... Your cat replaced the cuteness of deer, so now yes. you know have a problem yes. going after deer. <laughs> yes. All right. So apparently, if I want to want you to hunt more things, I need to get you more pets. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be an outtake right here. It's all right, kiddo. All right. Now that the dogs have stopped freaking out. So, I mean, when you said that you, you were open to going deer hunting to get yourself your own deer so you, we could do more canned venison. I mean, how do you think I was actually going to make you follow through on that? Hmm? Like, did you think I was actually going to have you go hunting? Or did you think I was going to kind of, like, forget about that? I don't really remember. You don't remember? Nope. Jeez, okay. 
All I right. remember it was it was like for dinner. I think. Yeah, but I mean, even with like the idea of me like saying like, okay, well, you have to go hunting. Like, did you ever think that I would actually have you go hunting, or do you think it would be that we wouldn't have you follow through on that and actually do it? I think maybe when I said that I was okay with hunting yeah. at that time because I got toast. Yeah. Now, how motivated do you think you were leading up to like the summer to the idea that that we we're gonna go hunting? Were you excited about it? Were you thinking that you weren't you're gonna change your mind? I was a bit nervous, but that later stopped when I started being able to shoot guns. Yeah. And I got more used to it. Yeah. So we started out with, you know, basically wanted to build up from the ground up. So, you know, going into it, I didn't know if we were going to use a firearm or if we were going to be using the crossbow uh, for to go deer hunting with. I, I anticipated that we were probably going to use a crossbow thinking that you were going to be too intimidated from trying to shoot a, an actual firearm. Uh, so I figured we'd probably have to go with the crossbow, but I really wanted to try to get you comfortable with shooting a rifle, just knowing that it would be, you would have better odds of being able to shoot further with the rifle than what we could with the crossbow. So I wanted to be able to give you a, an opportunity to, you know, not miss out on deer because it's out of range essentially. So, we started out with basically, what, three, four weeks ago we started the whole process. And, you know, we started out, we've got the air rifle, so got that set up. What were your thoughts of when I'm like, okay, we're going to go shoot? Nervous. You're nervous? Mm -hmm. So, what were you nervous about? Just, Just something new? Don't remember. Come on now. <laughs> really? I don't know. Well, think back. What do you think it was? Um, maybe like nervous to mess up and make a mistake or have something go wrong. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Which is pretty much kind of MO for you of thinking that you're going to mess it up. Or something terrible is going to happen. Or something terrible is going to happen, yeah. Yeah, the worst case scenario, that's the first thing you think of. So, so, yeah, we basically set up in the backyard with a quick target. I think we started out, what was it, 20 yards that we started out at? I think, yeah. Yeah. And then we set it up on the tripod. We tried playing around a little bit with a seat. And then mm-hmm. finally we had you just kneel down and sit on the ground. Mm-hmm. So... What, how was it shooting the very first time? Well, I thought I wasn't going to be good at it, and I only need a lot of practice, but it was coming up so soon that I m- might miss it. Yeah. Right, which is certainly something, I mean, I kind of, you know, put that in your mind that if we don't get to where you're comfortable with shooting, then we weren't going to go hunting if you weren't ready. So you kind of already had that in the back of your mind, didn't you? A little. Yeah. So, but that didn't happen. <laughs> right. Well, you're jumping the gun now. Hold on, now. Sorry. So, <laughs> so, um, so how was it handling the the air rifle the first time and looking down some iron sights and? It was really hard. Scope is 
way easier. Using the scope is way easier. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to get a little green dot in between two little red dots and then lining up with a target, which you can't even see because of the green and red dots are blocking it. Yeah. So that is something that, you know, certainly with using the iron sights that, um, which you'll even find out if you start shooting archery with me, that that pin that you use for like compound is that it it does block the target a little bit that spot where you're aiming gets obscured by that little you know glowing dot for your sight so it's something that you have to learn to uh be comfortable with not exactly or not seeing exactly what's behind that you know your sight essentially so you will become more and more comfortable with that um we'll probably practice more with the air rifle to get you comfortable with those iron sights again primarily because we can shoot it in the backyard mm -hmm. otherwise we have to go to a range for any of the other because i don't think they want to shoot <laughs> up actual firearms in the subdivision so yeah um but yeah so you started out uh we started out at 20 yards you seemed that you were able to hold steady and shoot consistently that was a big thing was that i wasn't so worried about point of impact because those iron sights on that air rifle were not exactly like sighted in or zeroed mm -hmm. so we started out at the 20 moved out to 30 and then moved all the way out to 40 yards so how was it when we started moving back in distance it, on the difficulty it got harder with the air rifle yeah that target gets smaller mm -hmm, and smaller, smaller doesn't it? until you can barely even see it yeah because you even mentioned that you were having a hard time seeing the the bullseye essentially mm -hmm. and what i tell you about that being at the further distance do you remember no not really you don't oh my goodness you should have been writing this stuff down then so essentially what i told you is that uh that because of how small that that bullseye was going to be and being blocked by your sight that you're just going to have to kind of envision where that bullseye is in the middle of that target huh okay. so we made it through that and you did quite well we actually sighted in the uh the air rifle a little bit got it to where it was shooting pretty close to on point for you mm -hmm. even i was shooting a little bit high uh with those sights so again it wasn't perfect but it certainly showed that you could be consistent with uh with shooting even with iron sights because as you know that you know as you're trying to line up those sites i mean how you look at those sites can vary on making sure those sites are lined up huh mm -hmm. you hold your head too high too low if you're looking left or right it's hard to get that mm -hmm. that center uh dot in between the other ones huh mm -hmm. yeah so uh we did really good on that and then i think we had to wait what a few more days and then we grabbed the 22 mag and we went out to the gun range mm -hmm. So what was your, you know, how were you feeling knowing that you're moving up on the next, you know, echelon of an actual firearm? Um, nervous because since it was an actual firearm, a lot more things could go wrong and also, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, what, what were the other stuff then, you think? Were you still worried about messing up or? Yeah. Yeah. So... Again, we talked about, you know, even with the air rifle, we talked about a little bit about gun safety, didn't we? Mm -hmm. That you, you know, make sure you know where 
you know, the muzzle's pointed, that you don't point at anyone, that you're either pointing it, you know, down at the ground or up in the air, you know, out of the way of danger, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we talked about, you know, ensuring the safety's on, right? Mm-hmm. And then that the, basically the number one rule of a firearm is that even if it's, un- even if it's unloaded, you treat it as if it is loaded, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, so we went out to the gun range. Now, uh, what was your thought about being out there when other people were out shooting? Kind of made me nervous because the other guns were very, very, very loud. Yeah. Definitely louder than what we had. Right. So that is one thing that, you know, especially you being, you know, your very first time at an actual gun range, uh, just being able to be comfortable with just having gunshots going off, uh, you know, something that you do have to get accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I got pretty comfortable to do that. <laughs> you think so? Mm-hmm. Well, it did help, too, that we did end up switching your ear pro to the bigger earmuffs that dampened the sound a little bit better, correct? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, those other ones, you were still probably, because you were jumping even when those other people were shooting, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we got set up with the 22. So tell me what it was like shooting shooting that. Well, it was kind of like more easier than the air rifle because I could be on point better because of the scope. Yeah, yeah. So, but how was it trying to line up? Because, you know, with the scope, you do have to make sure that you're looking through it square. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you don't get a good sight picture. So... Is it still easier to look through the scope than than the iron sights, even with trying to do that? Yeah, in my opinion, it is easier. You just got to get lined up correctly, but it's pretty easy to get lined up correctly again. Yeah. If everything's like zero and yeah. <laughs> Which even even that, the, the 22 wasn't even sighted in for that, was it? <laughs> nope. So do you remember what happened with your first shots? I think think I was missing. Yeah, you're shooting high, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could see, like, a, like behind the target, there was, like, a little hill. With, with a, it was really sandy and dusty, and every time I fired, I could see, like, a little dust cloud appear. Yeah. Do you remember what distance we were shooting at? 50? Yep, 50 <laughs> yards. Yep. So, so, yeah, so basically from there, I ended up shooting the 22 a little bit, adjusted the, the scope, sighted in a little bit better for for that range and then what happened i got lightheaded from probably like i didn't really eat much that day because i couldn't really find much things that like looked appetizing in the house and also i think maybe a little bit overstimulated with all the loud guns going off yeah, so you had a lot going on, but even before that, I mean, you were starting to get on target. Uh, you did get a little fatigued because uh, you were having a pretty good grouping the first time through. And then as you're trying to hold the the rifle, you started to get a little wobbly, a little insecure, but that could have been too because you were starting to get a lot, a little lightheaded, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you basically ripped your hoodie off, and then pretty much after that, you were... You said that you were feeling lightheaded, so we got you back in the vehicle, got you cooled off, mm-hmm. stopped off at the store, got you a snack. And Gatorade. And some Gatorade. Um, 
so what you know overall what did you think of the experience of going to the range for the very first time it was pretty good yeah. it's just kind of sad that i got like added and yeah did not feel best yeah so what was it you know what did you really think about shooting a rifle for the very first time even though it was a, a smaller rifle or smaller caliber what what's your thought process or what you think of shooting it was pretty cool yeah all right, so then we went out, what? It was a couple of days later, was it the mm-hmm. next day that we went back out with the 22? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. So we went back out, and then same thing. We gave you more practice with the 22. This um, time I didn't get lightheaded. This time that you, yeah, I think we actually, didn't I have you actually get a snack or eat something before we left? Was it at that time? Well, I know that. Oh, yeah. I think it had peanut butter and jelly that time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, so, um, but, yeah, you showed that you were able to be stable. Because um, I think even the the second time, you were holding the rifle more than having it propped up on the gun case. Or, mm-hmm. no, I take that back. We The first time, we had you standing up and you were resting the gun. I'm trying to remember now. I think that was with the... That was with the 243, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so the 22, we had you go back out with the 22. Uh, again, basically just kind of going through that repeat process of having you, you know, show that you can be consistent with it and getting more and more comfortable with handling the right rifle. I mean, you were even at the point where you were racking your own rounds um, and, you know, making sure that you, after every shot, you turn the safety on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you know, display that you're able to... You know, think through that process, go through the shot process, and also, um, you know, gun safety with putting the safety on, and then also reloading the, the rifle every time. So so at that point, we decided, or I decided, that it was time to graduate you up to a, a larger caliber rifle. So got the old uh, 243 from Matt Ashley, huh? Mm-hmm. So... Were you nervous about moving up to the next level of rifle? I was sickly nervous with everything. <laughs> and, and again, now that you've done it, are you still nervous about it? Now that I've done it, I am not nervous no longer. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so yeah, so uh, basically, again, the whole idea was to try to get you set up with... Uh, you know, a rifle that would be able to be able to shoot a little bit further. Uh, you know, we did have the idea, or uh, your grandpa even, you know, was thinking that we'd have you use the the 410 even. Again, the unfortunate with that is that you wouldn't have the range. You'd basically be shooting the same distance that you could with uh, a crossbow. So I figured we'd give it a shot, <laughs> pun intended, <laughs> and have you try. Was it though? It was. Oh, it was? Well, yeah. We're talking about shooting. Give it a shot. Come on. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, the day that we had planned on going out, we stopped off at the gas station. Got you well, a snack. it was raining. Yeah. So, it was, uh, well, yeah, it was not last week, week before when we had that intermittent rain. Figured you got home, it stopped raining, and we were going to take advantage of that. And it just started raining again on our way mm-hmm. to the range. So, 
not ideal for a new rifle to have us dealing with the rain. But what was the plus side of it being rainy out? No people. There was no one else at the range. We were the only ones crazy enough to go shooting. There's this one person that I thought was coming to shoot at the range because they brought their vehicle in, parked for a bit, and probably just to park there. I think that they showed up, that they were kind of planning on shooting, and then just decided that they weren't going to shoot in the rain like us. <laughs> they weren't creepy, crazy, crazy people. Right. So we got there. So we started out again at the 50-yard uh, distance. And then, again, we had you basically prop the rifle up uh, on part of the, the bench, and you were standing while shooting, mm-hmm. and the bipod was you know set up to where it was kind of hooked on the edge of the bench. So it didn't really have anything, no kick and stuff, yep. since it was holding on. Yep. So you remember about the first shot that you're trying to make? So when I was trying to make my first shot, my dad decided... You know what? I'm not going to load this and just act like it's loaded for her and see what if she flinches or not. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I considered whether or not I should do that to you, but I want to see if you were anticipating the shot at all. So the idea of that was to see if you're like flinching or jerking the trigger, you know, something that would cause you to essentially miss or not be on target because you're anticipating that shot so again it's got to be one of those things where you should have zero reaction whether the gun goes off or not so you (laughs) you were not impressed with that whole idea Mm -hmm. uh i don't even remember what you told me but i mean what did you think when you pulled the trigger and all you heard was nothing click i was just worried that it was like a misfire and something wrong happened until you told me what happened, and I was just like, really? Which we actually had that happen with the 22. We had mm-hmm. a, a misfire where... That's why I thought it was a misfire. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, I think it was even the first day that we were shooting the 22 that mm-hmm. that we had a round that didn't go off. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, you did great. Zero flinching. You, you didn't jerk the trigger at all. You know, basically, I was kind of watching your reaction, making sure that you weren't jerking or turning your head away at all, and also watching the the end of the barrel, making sure that it wasn't having a bunch of movement um, as you you know tense up or you know you know kind of wince a little bit in anticipation of that gun going off. And you did great with it. So, uh, so how did the shooting at the 50 yards go? It went good. It didn't have like any kick since it was holding on. So. That made it really easy for me to keep on target and feel like I'm on target. Yeah. How did you shoot? Do you remember? I did pretty good. Yeah. So, again, had to make a couple adjustments to the the scope to get it on target for Mm -hmm. you. Um, But even after that, I mean, you had basically kind of like a a two-inch grouping uh, at the 50-yard mark, so... In between the the rain, what did we decide? That you wanted me, you wanted to move me to the one hundred. Yep. So we moved out to the hundred yard mark. So, kind of when we felt the rain light up, let up a little bit, we moved over to the 
to the longer range, set up another target, and the setup wasn't quite as good as the first time because mm-hmm. unfortunately you weren't able to stand anymore and use the bench that way. So you had and to I couldn't it. hook it on on the bottom or else I would have to lean too much forward and that would have messed me up a lot. Yeah. So how how do you think it went, you know, trying to shoot basically more or less kind of unsupported and you having to hold the rifle steady without any additional support? It was pretty good, not that bad. Yeah. Um, I don't remember, did you get uh, fatigued at all trying to hold the the rifle at all? It was a bit more heavier, but I was managed to like deal with it. Yeah. Since it was kind of supported by the like did I use the like gun case a bit? Yeah, so I think we did have the end of the rifle propped up on the gun case, but you had to support the whole back end essentially. Mm-hmm. How was it with the recoil? It wasn't that bad. Yeah, still surprisingly light. Now, when you were shooting, could you feel the recoil, or did you just not really notice it? I could feel it a bit, but I mostly didn't notice it. What did it feel like to you? Just kind of like... <laughs> just kind of... Yeah. A little bit of a push, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, we had... But it went with the sound, so I just didn't really notice it. Yeah. Yeah, especially, like, so one thing that you experience is that when you're behind the gun... It's not as loud. It's not as loud than when you're standing, like, behind the shooter or off to the side of the shooter. Mm-hmm. Much louder that way, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Don't know why, though. Well, it's because of, I mean, how does how does sound travel? Think about it. So if you're right behind the gun, and where's all the energy from that gun going? Out out and away from you huh so when you're standing out to the side you get all that sound those sound waves are bouncing off other things Hmm. okay (laughs) you're just gonna take my word on that huh yeah (laughs) all right it may or may not be true anyone listening don't take it with a grain of salt okay (laughs) but that's way off topic so (laughs) yeah Back to the topic now. Yeah, right. Back <laughs> to the topic at hand. Uh, but yeah, no, you did great. Uh, you know, at that point, we what basically decided that you were ready to go, huh? Mm-hmm. And no more practice. No more practice. More or less, we kind of ran out of time. We were shooting, what, three days prior to season start? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, at that point... What was your thought about the idea that we were going to be going hunt soon? Um, excited. Yeah. So what was your expectation going into it? Because I know we talked about it a little bit. Um, you know, were you looking to... Because the big thing was fill the freezer so you can get canned venison. Mm-hmm. Or I guess not fill the freezer because we were canning it. <laughs> but basically get, you know, your own deer that way. I would have to can it all up for you. Mm-hmm. I one day learn how to do that. Yeah, it's. Not, I mean, it's quite easy. The hard part is really just getting the meat prepped and get it all cut up for it. I mean, it's mostly just time consuming than anything. Mm-hmm. Which I was even. I mean, I waited, you know, several years after even processed my own deer because I was nervous about screwing it up. My biggest worry is I would screw it up, get you know bacteria or something growing in it. 
and then essentially poison the family or make everyone sick because the meat went bad. But again, once you, you know, are just careful with the process, make sure everything's sterilized and clean, it's not bad. So maybe in the next one, I'll make you help me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I mean, going into the hunt, I mean, were you, I mean, what were you, what was your goal? Um, I was hoping on getting a buck, but I would settle for a doe if it was like the only thing we saw and there was no bucks and it was almost like dark and stuff. Yeah. So in regards to that, I mean, were you thinking that because you knew that it was a two day hunt essentially mm-hmm. and that we were going to go out at least in the evenings. Were you thinking that, you know, you were going to try to get something on the very first day? And if you if there's no buck on day one, you would still go for a doe, or do you think you would have held out for the second day hunt? Um, I mean, it would depend what all happened. Like, if there was like nothing that was like in range, or like it was all wonky in position, I would go for like another day. And I thought that I was going to have to do another day since, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so we got out there. I mean, we got you all geared up. Your grandpa gave you some uh, camo. camo to wear. What do you think of that wearing camouflage? Cool. Cool. All right. So yes, we got out there. I mean, what do you remember? What time we got out to the farm? No, I did not. I just remember four. Yeah. So we got out there at four o'clock. You know, basically, it was kind of one of those things where I knew that, you know, there's always the potential for the year to get up and start moving early. Uh, but, you know, knowing that, at least I knew that, you know, most of the deer boat wasn't going to be until that probably that last, you know, hour and a half, hour before dark. But I wanted to give us make sure that we got out there and didn't, you know, potentially spook something as we're coming in. So, so we got there, out there kind of early. And, you know, I guess you walk us through how the hunt went. So starting out when we got sat, you know, lay out the, you know, the series of events that happened. So we went to the blind, which was a wooden box that normally had wasp in it. So my dad went in there, sprayed it to kill the wasp for it to not get stung. And... I went in there when all the wasps were dead. Still saw two moving. (laughs) And a bunch did fly in and fly out occasionally, but they weren't bad. They didn't try to hurt us or anything at all. Yeah. So, how long were we waiting before we saw our first deer? Um, a while, I think, right? Well, the first deer, wasn't it, like, what was our first deer that we saw? Wasn't it like a little spike? Mm-hmm. It was pretty far, though. Yeah, it was all the way on the other side of the field, which even it surprised me because... It was still very early. It was early, yep. Um, you know, basically, I don't even know exactly where that deer came from because I basically kind of, you know, looked over and it was already kind of, you know, one corner of the field. It just spawned there. It, it, it kind of seemed like it just spawned there. Um, you know, from what it looked like, it looks like it might have been spooked out, out into the field because, you know, it certainly 
looked like it was kind of nervous, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Didn't have any attention of eating, it seemed, because it didn't try to bend its neck down to try eating. It just stood there looking around a bit. And then later ran back into the woods. Yep, not too long after. And then we waited probably a good long while after that. And then, then what came out? Two deer. At first, my dad thought it was a doe and her yearling. And I looked through the binoculars and my dad handed it to me. And it's like, it looks like one of them still has spots. So he looked and he's just like, yeah, they have spots, both of them. Yep. So we thought that they were both well, young, like, fawn. I don't know. Yep. Well, really, you know, oh. they were like, they would grow up into bucks and they were fawns in the moment. Yep. So and that they were playing around in the field. They were, weren't they? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so they're called button bucks. Button bucks. Yep. And again, I, I didn't. I wasn't able to confirm if they had little nubs growing yet, but because of how big they were... They probably were going to happen or happened. Yep. So typically what what you're looking at is that um, in regards to fawns, like so if there's, like if there's a, a set of twins and one's a, one's a buck, one's a doe, the buck will generally even be just a little bit bigger than his sister. But this, they're generally around the same size. They were about the same size. And the fact that I confused them for being just young does, uh, in you know, just you know, speaks to how big body they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would I know that you know some fawns will you know lose spots a little bit earlier, but the fact that these two barely had any spots on, they had just a little bit on their hind quarters, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, so they came out and they had a end up heading to the apple tree munching on the apples a bit munching on the apples a bit and then and then what happened they just ate a bit and then eventually went back into the woods yep and then what happened um i think at the moment like on like our side there's this i think it was a doe he heard it and i think my dad saw it and then it ran right back in. I don't know if it smelled us or got frightened by anything. Yeah, yep. So we had one that came off from essentially our back or our left shoulder. Um, it blew and then just took off. So, again, I don't even know if it was a doe, if it was a little spike horn. Didn't it was s- something. It was something. Uh, and then... Wasn't this the time when um, the fawns... I mean, the bu- what were they called again? Uh, button bucks. The button or bucks. you could just say fawns because we, we can't confirm whether they were button bucks or not. So, like, the fawns came out with their mom and they started eating a bit. And then the mom started looking at something, like, out into, like, the well, woods behind us a bit. Well, hold up a little bit because those fawns mm. came out a second time by themselves again. Oh, they did? Yep. Oh. Yeah, so they came out a second time. Again, they didn't stick around. Um, again, for some reason, you know, they ate a little bit, they kind of ran around a little bit, but it did seem like they didn't want to stick around out there very long either. So Mm -hmm. then they went back into the woods again for a second time. And then the mom came with the mom came out the second time or the third time with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what was she doing? She was 
eating a bit with her fonts, and then, like a little bit, she just raised her head and looked at something. It didn't look like she was looking at us, but something like off by us, just not at us. And she kept looking there. Eventually, she went back into woods, and then she came out another time with her fonts, and pretty similar thing happened. And I did hear like something like behind us. I was thinking like it was a buck because I heard like scratching, like kind of like antler scratching against something. I think it was and like very very heavy breathing. Yeah. And I don't think that was my dad. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what I was saying about that doe and how she was acting? Yeah, she was acting stressed. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely. You know, she kept like she would. You know, scanned the field, kept looking off to our left. You know, basically how it set up is that we were in a blind. We had some, some uh, like a, kind of like a row of trees behind us. And then there's a, off the, you know, further to the left from there, there is an open area that leads into a much lar- larger field behind us. And it just seemed like there was something over by or in that other field that kept grabbing her attention. Mm-hmm. And then there was just, again, for whatever reason, she was super nervous, didn't want to stick around. And, you know, any time that she seemed like she was going to settle down, she, you know, pick her head back up. And then eventually, yeah, she trotted back into the woods. Um, and then we didn't see them again for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so again, we're looking at, I mean, that was still relatively early. We probably had another couple hours still let, of light left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we basically, you know, we're sitting there, uh, you know, at this point, what, what were your thoughts about how the hunt was going? Well, I thought there was like a buck wasn't going to come out because the only thing we saw was that little spike. And since I did see like the shadows slowly taking over the field, I was slowly losing hope of finding a buck because I thought we're going to leave soon. And when it gets too dark. Yeah. So you were thinking that we were starting to run out of time. Mm-hmm. Huh? Well, I'm not going to lie. I was starting to think the same thing. The fact that, you know, the deer movement was not what I anticipated. You know, I, I, again, I don't know exactly why the deer were so nervous. You know, they didn't have any real particular reason why they should have, you know, been so on edge. You know, it wasn't, you know, this is, they haven't been hunted before this year or anything like that. Um, so again, I don't know if it was those other deer that maybe were out in the other field that just made them nervous or what. But the fact that you know, usually out in that spot, especially this early in the season, you know, deer are very calm. They're you know, kind of nonchalant because they're not, they haven't been pressured or anything like that. There's, they have no reason to be fearful in that food plot. Uh, and usually deer just start to pile in. Like they usually, if you know, once deer start showing up, just more and more and more show up. <laughs> The fact that the same few deer kept coming in and out and we weren't seeing any other deer come in, mm-hmm. I was starting to get nervous that the that we weren't that a buck wasn't gonna show up. Mm. So um so that so I mean we're sitting into we're in the last hour of daylight, still basically no movement, mm. no deer showing up. Uh I guess take it from there. So at this point, I'm on my phone just playing a game, and then like I, I think my dad like tapped me on the shoulder on my leg or something, 
They told me, and silently, with no words, just trying to tell me not to move. I didn't understand that at first. <laughs> All I saw was... <laughs> I thought, like, there's, like, a wasp in there or something. <laughs> and later I saw you point out the window, so I tried looking out the window, and then you did that thing again. I was just like, oh, I'm not supposed to look. <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure I was whispering to you, don't move, or even just maybe like mouthing, don't move. Um, but yeah, because like, I don't know what it was, but I just thought I heard something. So I peek out our side window and there's a, a what looked like a spike horn and then a much larger buck. I just saw a much bigger body deer and I saw antlers. So yeah. So trying to communicate with you not to move because those deer were only 30, 35 yards away. So, I mean, I guess let's let's continue on with it. So then what happened? Um, well, you were just looking for a bit, and then you just, like, seemed, like, a bit stressed. <laughs> and then you, like, told me to stay still, and you got up from your seat, moving stuff out of the way. You grabbed the tripod and started slowly moving it over to like my side of the window where the deer were at because I because later you said that you thought it was the bigger deer was going to head back in and you were nervous waiting or else we might lose the deer and so you moved the tripod and put the gun back on and told me to move a bit. And I tried moving, my foot accidentally hit the tripod a bit. You thought that would spook the deer, but no, I don't think it did. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, yeah, I was sitting there trying to consider the fact of, you know, these deer are right there. And again, when I was, like, after telling you not to move, and I kept trying to kind of peek behind the gun, and it looked like the, the big buck or the bigger buck was, you know, basically kind of heading back towards you know the other the other property out to the other fields so i was i was getting nervous that the the deer wasn't going to you know come back out or you know come back out anytime soon to you know basically present a shot for you so i was basically considering you know do we just wait it out try to see if that deer comes out and you know comes out towards the front of the blind where we you know, were set up at or do i try to risk it and try to maneuver everything around to be able to shoot out the side window so ultimately just i'm i'm sure it was probably just my excitement mm -hmm. of trying to get this get you an opportunity at this buck that i decided yep we're gonna try to make this move we could blow it it could spook the deer right off and you don't have another opportunity at this tonight or it works out so yeah so we got i got out of the chair Moved out of the way, almost knocked my my ear protection down on the floor. Fortunately, it landed in my seat instead of hitting <laughs> the floor and making a ton of noise. It would have made more noise if it fell on the floor. It would have made a ton of noise. And then they definitely would have been spooked. They definitely would have been spooked for sure. So I got up, moved the tripod. Again, like as quietly probably doing some crazy movements of like trying to like have you come my way to swing behind the gun again yeah you end up kicking the or you know hitting your foot on the tripod made some noise I 
again, the deer didn't spook. They definitely picked their heads up and, you know, had heard the sound. But they didn't really mind it. They just probably thought it was something else. Yeah, so we got pretty fortunate with that, that they didn't, again... Get too curious. They didn't get too worried about it, yeah. So, got you behind the gun, and then at that point... Another deer came out. (laughs) Yeah, so a third deer was out. And this one was darker in color and more gray. It had its winter coat. And there's another one which had its still summer coat. And then there's a little spike. And I was just like, um, which one do I shoot? Right. Because there's three deer I knew I didn't want to shoot the spike since it was the smallest, didn't have much antler. But the two other deer, I didn't know which one. Yeah. So at this point... You know, in in our effort to get you around to the the side window, the deer actually did proceed to come out into the food plot more. Mm-hmm. And the main one that you know I was that we were kind of focusing on had stopped. You know, basically on this other side of this pine tree that we have in the field, um, still basically in the side view of that side window. And at this point, it has us. You know, it's kind of quartered away from us, and it has its head down eating. And at that point, that 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 second buck, or the second biggest buck, was basically walking out towards the front of the blind. <laughs> and at that point, that's when you're like, which one do I shoot? Which one? Which one? And I was pretty sure that you were still on the right one, but because he had his head turned, I, I, I wasn't 100%. So it probably felt like forever for me to give you an answer didn't it i was just just wondering like should we try moving this again since if that one's better then we kind of would have to wait maybe a while and it could go another way and yeah so so yeah so that one came out and basically we would have had to reposition the tripod again so we could shoot back out the front window again (laughs) if only if we waited yeah since but that the, one probably would have moved as well because, yeah. He he probably would have. If we would have sat still, he probably would have eventually made his way out um, in front of the blind. But at this point, we had already moved. And eventually, the deer picked his head back up. And, you know, at this point, he had picked his head up and looked right at the blind. Mm-hmm. Right because, through the window, probably looking because. into her eyes, <laughs> staring into her soul. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so I'm sure at this point we had made enough noise and they probably could hear us whispering and whatnot and trying to talk to each other. And uh, it picked its head up and, like, yep, that's the one kiddo. And, uh, you know, basically, again, he was hard quartering away. And it was just like, well, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I was just thinking it or if I told you that, that, you know, if you're going to shoot him, then this is the best shot we got. I don't remember. Did I tell you, you know, basically, like, it's up to you on if you take this shot or not? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember that either. I think we were both already adrenaline, you know, filled at this point. But, but yeah, I mean, at this point, it was, I at least thought it. I don't know if I communicated it to you that, you know, it, if, you know, it wasn't going to get any better than what it was. So the deer had us pegged. It was only a matter of time before he got nervous enough and, you know, bugged out of there and not give us an opportunity. So, uh, so, I mean, as you're looking down the sites, I mean, go through that process of what you're thinking, how you're, you know, where you're aiming, that type of thing. So this deer was kind of like in a weird position because it's staring 
at us, but it was maneuvered in such a way that I could still see a bit of its, like, side of its body. So, like, I had learned that I had to, like, shoot, like, right behind, like, the arm, the front, like, arm, and try to, like, aim a third of the way up the deer to hit the best spot and kill the deer. And since it's really angled, I was nervous that I would shoot too low, shoot too high, live. And so I just aimed it the best I could, took a breath, exhaled, and the trigger went off. The deer jumped a bit, and the spike was pretty close by it, and it got scared and scurried away. And then the second biggest buck, it was a bit more into the field, it just came walking over all confused, like, where you guys going? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a, that was definitely a, a younger bug that didn't quite understand of like, oh, I need to get out of dodge. Um, do you remember what you were saying right after the shot? You probably don't. No. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I guess at this point, I'll explain kind of what what I saw. So, yeah, the buck, yeah, like you said, it was staring us down and. Again, I don't know exactly what angle the buck was at, but I mean, even from my angle, you probably had a little bit, you could probably see a little bit more. Um, but I mean, it was, there was not much of that side of that deer that we could see. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I mean, you could see it down along the side and behind the shoulder. And that was about it. So, yeah, as soon as you shot, yeah, the buck kind of did like a, like kind of like a little rabbit hop, kind of, you know, kind of curled up a little bit. And then immediately, as soon as it hit the ground, it tucked and turned and... Got out of there. And just sprinted out of there. So, from what I saw, it looked like you had got a hit. And the way the deer was running, so... I don't know if this is any any truth to it, or if it's just kind of my own observations, or what I see is that a lot of times, like, when the deer is hit, they just kind of run differently. They kind of run, you know, kind of, like, flat out. They don't bound or anything like that. Um, they just run like absolute survival mode on time to get out of here. Yeah, so again, they don't even care about how they're running, how they look. They just want to get out of there. Yeah, so again, I don't know if there's any truth to that, um, but it just seems like the few times that I've, you know, been, you know, the few deer I've harvested that when they get hit, especially with a rifle, um, you know, they don't bound, they don't act like it's not like a. It doesn't look like a run like they're scared. Is a run like they're hurt so they've been hit yep so you know at that point you know basically you know just i'm just staring off at you know watching that deer watching where it's going and then eventually when i can't see it anymore you know that's when you know everything kind of came back down to earth for us you were the whole time you're just like even when i was trying to watch it i i could hear you just so just keep saying did i hit it did i hit it did I hit it? Did I hit it? Did and I, I was it? right about that because when you asked me about something like this before, I don't know what day it was, is something like what what is going to be like your first thought or what are you going to think? I said, I probably got to think that I hit it. Yep. Yep. So that was definitely your main concern. Um, but yeah, I mean... So at that point, I mean, we were just like, you know, kind of, I think we were probably both in shock at the, how everything just played out. 
I know I was just like, I can't believe that that worked. I can't believe we, we did that. Yeah, after I hit the deer, I just saw it jump, and then my eyes instantly fixated on the deer that was just casually walking to that location. <laughs> yeah, I think the other thing was like, yeah, what was the other deer doing? It seemed like he just was confused and didn't take off with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And then um, he eventually just walked away. Yeah, eventually he kind of trotted off. Um, but yeah, he definitely, he seemed just confused as to what the other two were doing. <laughs> Too busy eating. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so, I mean, this was at basically the shot. Like, you end up shooting that deer about 10 after 8-ish. So we kind of hung out in the blind, kind of regained our composure a little bit. And also waited and see where where the deer went because if it was still alive somewhere, we didn't want to spook it and make it go farther and have to, you know, travel farther to get it. Yep. Yeah, because do you remember what I said about us needing to be quiet and as to why? Yeah, since we didn't want to spook the deer and having it run off farther and not being able to get in something like that. Yep. Because, yeah, eventually when it, when it basically... Uh, you know, crossed the, into the other field, we didn't know how far it went or where exactly it went from there. So we didn't know how close the deer was. So, so yeah, so we were, again, trying to be quiet and uh, just kind of waited out a little bit. Eventually, you know, it was probably about, it about been 10, 15 minutes, started gathering up the gear, and then we started looking for blood. And mm-hmm. I guess, how did that go? So we looked in the area where we shot it, inspecting, like, blood, fur, but we found, like, nothing. So my dad decided to, like, walk farther, like, I don't know where he was going since (laughs) I didn't really see the deer run. I was too confused about what the confused deer was doing. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, unfortunately, um, you know, at the point of impact, weren't able to find any blood, didn't see any hair. Um, I was even having a hard time even you know, finding where, you know, the fresh tracks were from the mm-hmm. deer taken off. So uh, along, th- along the property line, there was uh, some fresh dirt from um, a berm getting t- tore down. But <laughs> what were you guys going to say, kiddo? I think I found some freshest tracks. It was kind of like, it looked like some, like, deer, like, hooves just kind of, like, got a bit scooped into the ground. So I thought maybe that is, like, from the little spike or from the deer when... I, I shot the bigger one. Just one of them trying to get out of there. Yep. Yeah, you could be right. I mean, certainly too. I mean, yeah. I mean, if that was, you know, tried to definitely look at deer was really trying to dig in or get traction, you're probably right. That was probably at least one of the deer that mm-hmm. um, we're trying to get out of dodge. Definitely not the confused one. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah. So basically, I mean, we we were scouring. You know, we basically kind of went from where we where the deer was standing and just kind of, you know, kind of fanned out from there and wasn't finding a good sign. You know, I initially was thinking, you know, trying to question, you know, if he did hit it, you know, I could have swore I saw, you know, the deer react as if he was hit. But then the fact that we found absolutely no sign, I was starting to lose a little bit of confidence. So, I think I lost confidence faster than you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, one of those bucks had a bed nearby because I did hear having heavy breathing, like the same that I heard when we're in the blind. So maybe one of them were resting there, so I thought maybe that's where the deer I shot went, but no, no. it wasn't there. 
probably a bed for a different deer, like the spike or the upper one. Yep. Yeah, it could have been making some noise. Because, yeah, I mean, we again, we don't know how far away they went or how mm-hmm. far they ran. So, um, and there was a little bit of cover behind the blind. So, they could have mm-hmm. just jumped into there and been hiding out and whatnot. But, but yeah, no, we, uh, no significant sign of blood or anything like that. So, uh, basically, I went up over to where I know there was some fresh dirt where I, you know, felt more confident, you know, knowing that the buck had gone that direction that, you know, I would at least find a fresh track or find fresh tracks, you know, to determine, you know, where the buck was headed and then also uh, be able to find tracks and then be able to follow it from there to pinpoint if there's any blood further away from the point of impact. Uh, basically, you know, was walking along that that area and, you know, wasn't seeing any fresh tracks, no sign of blood, nothing. And then finally got to the very end of the, you know, the dirt, you know, berm that got tore down and finally saw, you know, a bunch of freshly turned dirt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from there, you know, found a, a, a good pile of blood. Mm-hmm. And then, then what happened? So you whistled and signaled me to come over. So I went over there. And you show, you told me like what was like going on while getting to the area since you walked a bit towards my area and you just said that you were like said to go over here to look for tracks and you just kept walking and walking and you're like seeing nothing and nothing you're telling me that and then finally you you said that you sound you saw some. You saw, like, the, what was it called again? The, like, dirt wall thingy? The berm? The berm, yeah. Like, looked like it was tore up a bit. And then finally you showed me the blood. And when I saw that, you told me if you should call one of your friends to bring a dog to look for it. And then you looked over the berm right on the other side wasn't even that far in like a little viney like bushy area was the deer yeah so i mean so what was your thought as soon as we saw the when i showed you the pile of blood i was happy that i hit it and it probably would be dead or injured and eventually die yeah yeah (laughs) so were you i mean at that point were you thinking that you you know, at some point you're gonna harvest that the buck then, or that we we're gonna find it. I mean, because I mean, again, we were, we weren't finding any signs, so you were probably starting to feel a little bit down. I got like excited when I saw it. I was just like, yeah, I hit it. Yeah, <laughs> That's, that was your biggest concern. Did I hit it? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So um, you know, Calvin from uh, you know, Sun Hunter Tracking, he had already told me that you know, if we did shoot a deer and it did run that he would bring the the pup out scout to mm-hmm. get some practice in and do a scout for us or do a track for us. So, you know, talking to you, I was like, hey, should I give Calvin a call? And You look and, on the other side and there was the deer. Yep, he still I, recommended it, but it wouldn't be that much of a practice. Just bring it to the area where there's blood and the dog just goes right over. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I, I did kind of consider, you know, calling him even though we had already found it, but at that point, I think part of the excitement is like, I'm not going to make you wait to go get your deer type of deal. So, And also that wouldn't be much practice for the pup. Yeah. But like uh, no signs until you find a big, 
amount of blood and right on the other side is a deer. Right. So yeah, yeah, literally from you know, there was a good amount of blood, um, as the deer was, you know, climbing up or trying to get over that berm. And then I don't know why, but I just so happened to just peek over the berm and, you know, three feet on the other side the deer was piled up and do you do you remember your reaction when you saw it? I was excited and also I said, should we poke up a stick? <laughs> I didn't know if it was dead or not since yeah, just you, now we are seeing blood. So it was a good amount, but the, it's a pretty big deer. could have a lot of blood. <laughs> could still be alive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many times you asked if we should poke with a stick. And how, many, mean, ti- how many times did I have to tell you that, yeah, the deer is dead? I mean, haven't you had experience with where you thought the deer was dead and it was still alive? Yes, but that was uh, a significantly different situation where I had actually hit your high and, you know, basically it was like a, basically like shocked a deer and that's why it fell over. (laughs) This was definitely not the case. You know, the amount of blood and how the blood looked, it was definitely a lethal shot. Who knows? (laughs) Well, the fact that it was laid up flat on its side in a bush I knew it was dead <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so then uh, I made you go in there after it didn't I mm-hmm. so. I was still nervous to touch it because I didn't know if it was dead or not I didn't <laughs> want it to just get up and like <laughs> kick me or something back into like the like tree-ish thing behind me and I getting hurt is that why you went in there so gingerly and so cautiously yeah okay i couldn't figure out why i'm like just get in there kiddo like it's fine i didn't want to be like (laughs) still alive or come back to life or something like that okay all right now that makes sense but that's funny i didn't realize that's why like i because i was filming you do that and i'm just like what is she doing like just get in there like that's your deer go get it so, all right, that makes sense. But yeah, so then uh, we, uh, well, I handed you the flashlight and we uh, dropped the my backpack off and laid the rifle down and pulled the buck over onto the other side of the berm and. Oh yeah, we did see a mouse under the deer. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That yeah, there's a mouse hanging out. So definitely, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you were all excited about seeing the mouse. It's not every day you see a mouse that just comes right under a dead deer. Right? Yeah. It was cute. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You thought it was cute. I was annoyed the fact that it was hanging out. And just like, get out of here. Like, you're ruining this. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, so we got the deer drug out. And, uh, I mean, what did... I mean, when you... Even before you shot, did you... Like, were you paying attention at all about the size of the antlers or how big the buck was? No. No? I just noticed it wasn't a spike. <laughs> so you just saw a big body deer with some antlers and you were going for it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think when you actually saw how big it was? It was big. Yeah. I thought, like, it was probably a bit smaller because it still had its summer coat, so I thought maybe it was younger, but no, it was big. It was a big deer, yep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we got drug out, and then, uh, 
I made you go through a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you how many pictures I took of you? Way too many. <laughs> Count up, it was 23. Yeah, way too many. Way too many. <laughs> I was excited. I wanted to make sure I got a good picture of you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then uh, then we uh, proceeded to do the gut job, which I had volunteered to do it for you. And also, I never got to do the like frog dissecting thing in school, so I wouldn't know what I was being what I was even doing. Yeah. <laughs> but I did have you hold the lights for me. Mm-hmm. How was that? I did pretty good. The smell kind of got to me at some points, but I did pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, so um, so yeah, so once we got cut open, we we started uh, basically doing a necropsy, and so do you remember? Uh, what I told you about how you hit the deer or <laughs> the damage that was done. Do you remember? So I like destroyed one lung. It hit the other lung and it ended up slicing a bit of the liver. It kind of got the heart a bit as well. It just bounced around in there. Yep. So, so yeah, that 243 cause, um, so yeah, so when we got the deer, you know, the, the entry point, I mean, it was just a little pinhole, you know, just from the bullet entry, and there was no exit hole, so the bullet, you know, basically the deer absorbed all the energy from it. Uh, yeah, basically the front side, or the you would, like, it was just like a cut in the liver. Um, so again, that was mostly just because mm-hmm. of the angle of the deer when you shot. You know, if you were if you were shooting broadside, like if the deer was standing completely broadside, that shot actually would have been a little bit back. Like you might have, you probably would have got the liver and then maybe the backside of the lungs. Um, but because of how far the deer was standing and the angle, you clip the liver and then, you know, basically the, the angle of the bullet got both lungs. That front side lung was all tore up. <laughs> the backside lung had um, a good size hole in it as well. <laughs> and uh, I don't think that you would clip the heart at all kiddo i know that you probably there's a little nick it might have been from the bullet it might have not who knows yeah but uh but yeah i mean that that 243 um you know probably it was my second buck that i'd killed basically kind of did the same thing where uh you know it like it doesn't leave a big entry hole doesn't leave a big exit hole but for whatever reason that bullet like likes to bounce it bounces around inside that chest cavity i mean that deer that i had shot long ago um both lungs the guts were tore up Uh, i don't remember if the liver was hit or not but it just yeah that bullet just seemed like it was bounced around in that chest cavity because there was a lot more stuff that was hit than you know what the the trajectory of the bullet going in you know would have done really Mm -hmm. so um, but yeah, so we did that. So we kind of analyzed the shot and saw exactly, you know, what you hit inside the deer. Um, as to why it only made it the 50 yards it did. Uh, you got to see what the stomach and mm-hmm. the intestines look like and mm-hmm. the process of getting all that out of there. And mm-hmm. again, you did pretty good with the smell. There's a couple of times where I could hear you start breathing a little heavy. You had to pull your face away a little bit to get some fresh air. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, you did good with uh, with hanging in there. I know it's even when we were doing the pictures, you know, just some of the gases escaping um, when you're trying to hold the deer head up that you could tell it 
It was a little smelly, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was a smelly deer. <laughs> it was a smelly deer. Um, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, he was a good-sized deer. How many points was he? Um, technically a seven. It had like this little, little notch on the antlers. On one antler, not both. Yep. So it had a, well, like a half inch, maybe a three-quarter inch brow tine. The other one wasn't there. So we still counted it for it to be a seven. Yep, we counted it. So, um, but yeah, uh, again, he had he still out of the three that were that came out of those bucks, uh, he still had majority of his summer coat on. Mm-hmm. So he was quite. Uh, he still had a lot of the red hue to him, where the other two were definitely gray. Um, so they had already had their winter coats on. Uh, he was hard horned, but he still had a little bit of remnants of. Some of his velvet down by the bases. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Probably recently started scratching that off. Right. So yeah, a lot of the bucks, you know, over the past probably two weeks, really, they, you know, start shedding that stuff off. So, um, but yeah, so wasn't uh, too long ago that he had gone hard horn, but that and he, uh, at least from the cameras, I was. Uh, you know, keeping track of, he hadn't shown up before, so I'd never seen that buck before, so he was new to the property or new to show up, you know. He was new to the gang. <laughs> right, which I was kind of surprised that they're still hanging out as much as they were, so um, and usually when they start going hard horn, they tend to break up a little bit, but... Yeah, no, that, they still want to be pals. Yep, that group was still, they were still buds, so... But yeah, so then uh, sent out the mass text to people, and had to call grandpa let him know mm-hmm. and we had to go over to his place and show him the deer and <laughs> that we can congratulate you in person and then uh yeah i mean we ended up getting you home and how long did it take you to fall asleep that night i fell asleep pretty quickly you fell asleep pretty quickly huh i think i thought you were up for a little while maybe yeah but i mean so you know, all said and done, I mean, what 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 do you think of the experience of going out on your very first deer hunt? It was fun. It was fun. Mhm. Yeah. So, is it something that you would be interested in doing again? Mhm. Yeah. So, do you think you are gonna want to go again this year, or do you want to wait until next year again? I'm fine with whatever. You're fine with whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, again, all we gotta do is get you another tag, and you could go out again. <laughs> potentially anyways if you want yeah. but again I, I'd like, like to go out since it is fun yeah okay like I said I mean we might have to talk with grandpa to see if uh, you wouldn't mind uh, you come along for opening day <laughs> what do you think of that <laughs> that sounds good that sounds good alright uh, but yeah so we got that we got the deer home I got it hung up I didn't fall asleep until like between like 1 and 3 a.m. because I was still on cloud nine the fact that (laughs) my oldest daughter just killed her first buck and it was a dandy of one (laughs) but uh yeah and then uh over the course of the rest of the weekend did up all your canned venison for (laughs) you so you did your part so I had to do my part (laughs) so and we did well, essentially 21 cans of venison 
Unfortunately, two of them didn't seal. So we gave. We ate one and gave one to our neighbors and told them to keep it in their fridge. Yeah. And eat it for maybe dinner or something. Yeah. Of course, Logan, he wanted to eat it immediately. Mm-hmm. And the day we gave it to them, it was a rainy day, and he normally comes to our house to get at the bus, because me and my sister ride the bus. So we opened up the garage for it to all not get rained on, and Logan saw the deer head <laughs> and wanted to touch it. Speaking and of which, he got to touch the antlers. Speaking of which, probably after we're done recording this, I probably should start working on that Euro Mount Hunt. Yeah, it still has all the flaws and stuff on it. Ooh, you know what you should do? You should what? help me with it. Okay. <laughs> You're okay with that? <laughs> About basically taking the dead deer's face off? Okay. <laughs> all right. I saw I could gut it. I hope we find him taking its face off. Yeah. Okay. Jeez, <laughs> Sophie's. It's even creepier when you say it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Now we're on a watch list here. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you did a phenomenal job, kiddo. Um, I'm super proud of you. Uh, again, for the limited time that you spent, or that we spent, you know, having you go shooting or go to the range. Um, I mean, you're, you're off to a phenomenal start as a very good, uh, marksman. Uh, you know, we even kind of discussed a little bit about, you know, I told you that there are shooting clubs out there and whatnot. That <laughs> you could, you know, competition shoot and stuff like that, which seemed to pique your interest. So I'm a little worried that I've created a monster that's going to like shooting. So we're probably going to spend a lot of money and probably ammunition, Sorry. But uh no, it'll be I'm I'm excited the fact that you were open to the experience and enjoy it. Um, you know, that's kinda the same it kind like shooting uh you know, firearm kinda falls in the same line as with archery. I mean it becomes a discipline and um you know, you learn a skill and you know, being able to consistently shoot and everything like that, it takes a lot of, you know, essentially hard work and again discipline of you're being consistent with it, so the fact that you took to it so well and want to continue with that, I'm I'm happy about that. <laughs> so, uh, is there anything else that you think that we need to cover or didn't share with with uh, the audience here? Uh, no. No, I think we covered it. So, yeah, I mean, we've been talking for an hour and twenty minutes now, kiddo. Yeah. That's long. Look at the time. Oh. So, um. So yeah, so I think we're gonna wrap it up with that, and again, we're gonna go uh, go work on your uh, your mount, so we can get that uh, displayed in your room for you. <laughs> Do you still want to put lights in it or no? Yes, it scared my friend. <laughs> <laughs> she, All right. Yeah, she hates the fact that we kill deers, but she loves the venison. So she doesn't like the fact that it's deer. So whenever she comes over and we're having venison, we don't tell her. Yeah. So until that- after she eats it so which i mean that kind of brings up a good point too is that you know again you know not everyone's open to the idea of hunting or eating wild game and whatnot but it's a lot of just you know introducing them to it Mm -hmm. and uh, the education as to why we do it and the benefits of doing it so 
So I think she'll eventually come around to it. Um, again, as long as we don't pick on her too much about it or scare her. <laughs> but She'll uh, get used to it. Yep. Yeah, especially if she's going to be your friend for long, she's going to have to get used to the fact that <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we uh, go hunting and fishing. So. Oh, I think she's fine with fishing. Just she won't eat fish because I don't think she likes fish that much. Then we're going to have to do fish for her then. <laughs> and show her how good it is, right? Mm-hmm. Fish tacos. The fish tacos or the little fish nuggets that we do. Yes, those are good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up, kiddo. Okay. We've been talking for way too long. Oh, that's good. See? And you were nervous about it, was, weren't you? Mm. It's no big deal, is it? Yeah. So. All right. Let's call it. Okay. Good talk. All right, so that's it for the conversation with Kira. Uh, again, hope you enjoy this episode, and you know, kind of more so. I kind of hope that you get something out of it, and maybe it might inspire you to take a young hunter out, or even take an adult out that has yet to be able to experience going out on a hunt, or has you know maybe taken interest but never had really the confidence to do it by themselves. It's something that you know, especially having taken her out. You know, there's something about being a mentor for a new hunter or someone that's just getting, uh, you know, an introduction to uh, hunting, uh, you know, basically just kind of going through all those steps and the process of, you know, all the prep work and the gear and, you know, the things that, you know, kind of help with that learning curve to help them at least get uh, their foot in the door and basically get comfortable with, with hunting. You know, certainly... You know, this is a great experience for me uh, as well as my daughter to, you know, kind of share that experience together, you know, for her to have her first hunt and to harvest her first deer and me to be that mentor and not be the one behind um, or being the one that's, you know, technically the one hunting or, you know, making that kill shot. So, um, you know, certainly encourage you that if you haven't mentored a new hunter or a youth hunter before, you know, certainly give it a shot and, you know, be that, you know, that person that can guide that person along that journey. And if you enjoyed this episode, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. And also, again, highly encourage you to head on over to mihuntingpodcast.com. Click the join us button, become a member. You know, as a member, you support uh, this channel and the show as well as you get additional benefits and discounts as well, as well as you gain access to exclusive live uh, shows every month i hope to see you for those episodes and with that that's a wrap as always get out there be safe and have fun